Stephen Smidoni. Thank you for tuning in to today's program. In our program today, I will discuss my findings into a North American legend, the legend of J.C. Brown. The legend of J.C. Brown spins a tale of giants, ancient treasures, and an underground civilization that predates the Native Americans in North America. The significance of my findings presents a strong argument against the Bering Strait theory. My findings also are in conflict with the Judeo-Christian creation story. All of the information that I have discussed today, or will be discussing today, can be easily found on my website at sindonisays.com. I encourage everyone who is listening to the program to visit my website. In December of 2007, I was searching the internet for an idea to write a movie screenplay. It was at that time I came across a short excerpt about a mysterious character named J.C. Brown. The short excerpt was from an Emily A. Frank book, after reading the excerpt, I became fascinated with it. In one of its stories, The Legend of J.C. Brown, I will share with you now a brief synopsis. The Legend of J.C. Brown takes place in Stockton, California. The year is 1934. An elderly British gentleman introduces himself to the editor of the Stockton Record newspaper as J.C. Brown. Brown claims that 30 years earlier in 1904, while working as a geologist for the Lord Cowdery Mining Company of England, he was prospecting in the Cascade Mountains in Northern California, where he stumbled upon an unusual basalt rock formation that did not jibe with the rest of the surrounding area. Brown went on to say, being a geologist by trade, he was more than curious and decided to dig the unusual basalt formation out. Upon doing so, he discovered a cave that led to a man-made tunnel that spiraled underneath the mountain for approximately 11 miles. The old-timer now spins a tale about what he describes as a village with round houses. In one of the rooms, he discovers gold streamers with strange markings and weaponry never before seen by modern man. His next discovery is found in another room. Brown discovers 27 skeletons ranging in height from 6.5 feet to 10 feet tall. Brown continues searching until he finds what he describes as a worship room with the remains of two embalmed giants dressed in ornate robes. It was Brown's theory that these two embalmed figures must have been the queen and king of this ancient underground civilization that he claimed were Lemurian. After listening to the story, the editor of the Stockton Record newspaper introduced J.C. Brown to the curator of the Hagen Museum, Mr. Harry Noyce Pratt. Mr. Pratt and then enlisted John C. Root, who used his home on North 1784 San Joaquin Street to hold meetings for the purpose of putting together an expedition to uncover the artifacts and ancient treasures that J.C. Brown claimed to have found prospecting 30 years earlier for the Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England. For six weeks in John C. Root's home, J.C. Brown shared stories about the ancient relics, the giants, and the importance of this race of Lemurians who predated the Native Americans in North America. On the morning of June 19, 1934, 80 eager Stockton residents waited for J.C. Brown to return so that the expedition could begin. But J.C. Brown simply disappeared, never to be heard from again. 
The Stockton police were called to investigate. J.C. Brown vanished without a trace. Was he kidnapped? He claimed to have been once before. What about the artifacts he also claimed were in a vault in a Texas bank? The legend of J.C. Brown was an unsolved mystery. After reading the legend of J.C. Brown, I jotted down all the clues that I had found from reading a short excerpt in the Emily A. Frank book. Reading over the clues, I decided to spend the next two weeks at the New York Public Library to try to solve the legend. It was my hope that the legend of J.C. Brown would make an excellent screenplay for a Hollywood movie, if nothing else. The first and most important clue was, who was Lord Cowdray? The second important clue was, was there a Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England? As I waited to get on a library computer to begin my search through all the searches that the New York Public Library had available, I asked the librarian if they can go on the internet to search for the name Lord Cowdray. As luck would have it, a Google search found a match for Lord Cowdray. Yes, there was a Lord Cowdray. Lord Cowdray was an actual person. Well, after about a week of looking through the library's genealogy records, birth records, marriage records, and death records, I hit a dead end. There was no records for Lord Cowdray to be found. On the following Monday morning, I decided to reread The Legend of J.C. Brown to see if there were any clues that I might have missed. After rereading The Legend, I decided to return to the New York Public Library to research border crossings into the United States. I remembered the fact that J.C. Brown claimed to have been employed by the Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England. This piece of information was in my mind vital to my research. Sitting back down at the New York Public Library genealogy computer, I searched for border crossings from England into the United States. There was an immediate bullseye. I was able to track Lord Cowdray into the United States on numerous occasions. I then expanded my search to include border crossings through Canada and Mexico. It was through the Laredo, Texas, Mexican border that I discovered Lord Cowdray entering into Texas through the border at Laredo. Could this Laredo, Texas border crossing be where J.C. Brown claimed to have artifacts and photos in a vault in a local Texas bank? I'd have to wait until many years had passed before I would get my answer. My persistence began to pay off. I was able to acquire a book, Members from Mexico, about the life of Lord Cowdray. The book answered the paradoxical question, I now knew the identity of Lord Cowdray. Lord Cowdray was born Wheatman Pearson, an English civil engineer. Reading the autobiography of Lord Cowdray, alias Wheatman Pearson, connected the dots and began putting the puzzle pieces into place. In the autobiography, Wheatman Pearson credited three men with helping him build his organization. There were three photos of the men who were lieutenants in his organization that he credited for his worldwide success. I then jotted down all three of the names associated with Wheatman Pearson, alias Lord Cowdray, and concentrated my research on border crossings into the United States. It was there that I discovered Wheatman Pearson and three other civil engineers crossing in from Mexico to the Laredo, Texas border. One of the names kept reappearing with Wheatman Pearson, also known as Lord Cowdray, was a civil engineer named John Benjamin Boddy. Boddy was lieutenant for the Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England, working in Mexico as a high-level manager for Lord Cowdray. 
Upon closer analysis, I tracked John Benjamin Body crossing over the Mexican-Laredo-Texas border approximately 13 times. Could Laredo, Texas be where the ancient artifacts and treasures were hidden in the Texas Bank vault? I then asked myself the following question. Could J.C. Brown really be John Benjamin Body? And if so, why did J.C. Brown choose Stockton, California? I knew if I could answer this question, then I knew that I would be able to solve the legend of J.C. Brown. In March of 2008, I contacted the Stockton Record newspaper and they referred me to columnist Mike Fitzgerald. Mike was aware of this unsolved Stockton, California mystery. After speaking with Mike, he was kind enough to send me a PDF file of the original 1934 newspaper article written about J.C. Brown and his disappearance. After nearly a dozen years of research, and with the help now of a private investigator, I was able to figure out why J.C. Brown chose Stockton, California. John Benjamin Body was married to Mary Hammer. Mary Hammer's relatives owned and still own a house at 1825 North San Joaquin Street. The meetings in Stockton, California in 1934 were held at retired printer John C. Root's home at 1784 North San Joaquin Street, where J.C. Brown, alias John Benjamin Body, lectured for approximately six weeks. The Hammer home on 1825 North San Joaquin Street is occupied by Robert and Stephen Hammer, direct descendants of Job Hammer, their great-grandfather, and his son Thurston Hammer, their great-uncle. And upon further research, the bank that J.C. Brown, alias John Benjamin Body, claimed to be where he had the artifacts and photo hidden in the Texas Bank vault has been located. It was at that time the Laredo National Bank at 710 Bernardo Avenue in Laredo, Texas, which is now the BBVA Compass Bank. After contacting the BBVA Bank in Laredo, Texas and inquiring into the account, it has been established that the bank account and the safe deposit box in the vault was opened by Job Hammer. Job Hammer is John Benjamin Body's father-in-law. Job Hammer is Mary Hammer's father. Mary Hammer's brother is Thurston Hammer. His name is also on the account at the bank in Laredo, Texas. On my website, I have the Laredo, Texas bank crossings for Job Hammer and his eldest son, Thurston Hammer, leaving no stone unturned. I have also included the Hammer family tree on my website with other pertinent information. It is my belief that this legend is of great importance to the history of man. In closing, I would like to thank everyone for watching this video, Solving the Legend of J.C. Brown.